This is Byron Lazine, Nicole White, and for the third time, Tom Ferry on episode 222. I love it, man. Third of the real time. word. Of the word real is up. Word, word yeah. is up. Well, Good thing right. I'm here. That's the name of the show there, people. That's right. Good thing We've I'm got, here. Uh, 222 times. We've got a traditional real word. You were just on when we were at Mo, Mo right. Sun. Yes. The mm-hmm. Ravis event. We went a little non-traditional off the cuff. This is a traditional real word. Two rackets, a marketeer of the week, which Tom yes. has personally selected yes. the marketeer of yes. the week. First time I think we've ever had that. Someone else selecting the marketeer. And let's just start right off the top. Racket number one. This is an Inman article. We'll link it up as always. Headline, first rule of housing bubbles. Don't talk about them, economists warn. So Zillow, senior economist Jeff Tucker, is skeptical that a housing bubble is looming, but he worries such talk could hurt future buyers in need of home builders to continue producing new inventory. He references the Dallas Fed uh, report that was about a month or, or so ago. And he talks about this obvious need for inventory and that if we continue to talk about a bubble that we might scare off builders. Builders, by the way, are already saying less traffic, less traffic on some of these you know, large developments, mm-hmm. whether you're talking about here in Texas. Yep. There's a whole bunch of them quoted in a recent article that we talked about on the walkthrough. Uh, Florida, Arizona, they're Phoenix inventory is up 35% mm-hmm. over the last few weeks. So a lot of builders are are citing the fact that they have less traffic. I I believe they would base their next move off of their traffic in their communities. How many more are we going to build right. in the next phase, <laughs> et cetera. But I'll ask you, Tom, should we be talking about a potential housing bubble and what's going on in the market to create those fears? I've got two thoughts here. First, thanks for having me on the show. Um, if you don't discuss it, I, I understand why they're saying, because they're like, hey, the mob, if we all start talking about it, it could, become, it could become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Sure. All the data says there's not a chance of it, right? All the data says, you look at everything we talk about at KCM, you look at what Ivy Zellman's talking about, you look at, uh, there, there's just, there's too much momentum in the market and there's too many millennials that want to buy for us to say we're going into a housing bubble. Now, when you look at interest rates and the impact of inflation, will we do less transactions? We're already on pace for less transactions, but last year we had a blistering number of transactions. So if we didn't do less, I would think something was wrong. But what happens is if you go from a, a like a lightning hot, white hot market to a red hot market, people start to panic. Mm-hmm. The, the reality is I would argue right now, things are great but there's a lot of uncertainty around political unrest, which I know we're going to talk about. There's uncertainty around banking. There's this fear of our rates going to go to seven to try and curtail inflation. So when you have all these kind of doom and gloom potential headlines, it creates uncertainty for people. But I'm telling you right now, putting your head in the sand as a real estate knowledge broker is a horrible idea. My argument is screenshot iPhone, Jeremy Knight, and you literally say, did you read this article? So here's an article that says this. Here's another article that says, what do you think? What's your opinion? Let me know in the comments below. And what do you think is a great way, a great social strategy to increase your awareness in your brand on Instagram or wherever you're asking that question? 1000%. So, you know, whether it's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Reels, that, I mean, it's, it's the, the point is be everywhere, but I say hit it head on. Yeah. In 2006, I was doing teleconference calls and seminars telling people, sell the Rolex that you don't need, get rid of your second home. The world is about to collapse. Then it was obvious, right? 
today, when you look at the amount of equity in the marketplace, it would, it would be hard to argue that there's going to be a major bubble. Now, is the stock market a little nervous right now? No doubt. Yeah. But I would argue that means the stock market is on sale right now. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. So I say you talk about it, you ask questions, and then you contrast other data points. You contrast other. So, hey, here's Bloomberg's article. Here's something I just got from the Fed. Here's what, you know, CNN, Hoobie-Doo says. Here's what I just got from Fox. Like, I would just be the one that's contrasting and saying, hey, we all know that headlines do more to terrify than they do to clarify. But what's going on in our local marketplace? Let me share with you the data. Mm -hmm. When you're reading national news, you've always got to talk to a local expert to talk about what's happening here because here doesn't always translate to what's happening, you know, across the country. This is something Nicole does better than probably 99.9% .9 of agents. She looks at her hot sheet yeah. in the CTMLS every single day. So she recites. Well, multiple. Nicole, tell tell me what you do on the hot sheet. I, I, every, <laughs> I do everything on the hot sheet. Uh, I, 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 I like new listings coming soon. I like to look right. at what's under contract closed, but I also love to see what eight, like what agents are actually doing the business, who was the listing agent, who was the buyer's agent. Um, your curiosity when you ask the like, agents, like how'd that deal come together? Cause you know, which agents are putting what deal together. Oh, right. for Where sure. that buyer comes yeah. from, so you can speak or like, Oh, they have a buyer market. at that price range. Like I have a listing at that price range. Like maybe they'll have a buyer for my next listing. I, right. I just like to know the ins and outs of every agent as well as obviously, I mean, everyone wants to know pricing or how things like quickly they went or how, how long they took or how long are things sitting on the market or, um, price reductions. We're seeing a lot more price reductions right now, which right. is like huge. Um, for Again, we have an agent. It's funny. She's downstairs right now. And she's like, it took 10 days for my house to go under contract. <gasps> I was they haven't like, been through so the other market. nervous. Uh, yeah. yeah. We're talking so about like, Connecticut. Well, Right. Yeah. So we're like, hopefully, you know, you're now having a different conversation. Like mm -hmm. what, what is now your script for on the listing appointment? Like, what are you now going to be like talking about on your listings instead of like, don't worry, we'll get 15 million offers in four, right. eight, you know, four hours. So anyone that's listening right now, if you, if you started selling homes, let's just call it after 2012, mm -hmm. this is the only market, you know, Right. You yeah. only know a uh, minus the summer of 2018 when rates went from like well, almost Connecticut though, unless, 2012, 2013. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, unless so easy. In, no, no, that was just was... <laughs> Connecticut. Yeah, just Connecticut. Yeah, go was, easy. Right. Go easy. 16 go easy. 12 to 16 was not good in, in not Connecticut. Not good. No. Local market. Yeah. Connecticut. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But you're so, right. It's been on an upswing. Yeah, I mean, again, like if, if all you know is rates are low, appreciation, yeah. lots of offers, hurry up and write, now is the time that you have to slow down, be the educator. Nicole, was you, you were talking about daily hot sheets. Like, like yeah. that's something I've been obsessed with for like decades. Like you've got to look at the MLS twice a day, know it cold. And it made me think like if you just took a screenshot of the MLS, the hot sheets, yeah. and you just did an audio recording over it. Hey, so look, here's another sale. Here's what's going on here. Look at this one, days on markets, this. And you did that on a daily basis and showed consumers what you see as an agent in the MLS. I think that'd be a cool yeah. show. There, yeah. There's still so much value in the MLS that isn't on Redfin, that oh, isn't on yeah, Z, that isn't on RDC. 100%. Just the yep. fact that you can list homes in a neighborhood from the top right. sale to right. the number 10 sale you can't, as a consumer on the app, no. curate that list no. No. easy enough where it, it adds value. You, you yeah. got to go searching and it's very difficult to do it. So use the MLS as a tool until 
these sites catch up because they will. I think they'll, that's they'll great, have that. That's a great show for someone that's watching right now. That's yeah. a really good idea. <laughs> there, them, and there's the marketeer. There you go. That, know, that, that's, a, that's a hidden marketing ABM, tip inside the first so I agree with you. Don't shy away. Yeah. Use these headlines to your advantage right. because right. there's so much information out there that tells us real estate is a safe haven for anybody trying to build wealth right. in this country throughout their life. Use these headlines as a weapon. Right. Uh, I wouldn't shy away from it. I, I understand, like you said, why Jeff Tucker, Zillow senior economist, what he is saying that mm -hmm. you don't want to create that. Yeah, you don't want to create the panic. The panic. You don't want the mob. Well, the panic's uh, already there. So, yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. our job is to, is, to, is to calm the panic. Yeah. Um, I think so many people still have, you know, you know, like, you know, concern because a lot of us again obviously were around when the market dropped so of right. course the last time it was good it was bad very quickly so yeah they're still hurting they're from still, the, for the sure GFC. i would recommend everybody listening right now go to tomferry.com for no try kcm try kcm.com for slash tom ferry or bam or bam okay either way yeah I, well i'm just thinking because i know the, or, or the deck that ferry. we put up yes um but one of the most important slides of our last show beyond the fact that we showed this the the cohort of millennials yep and how big they are. And then we talked a little bit about their social graphics, who they are, what, what's important to them, which I know we'll talk about politics in a minute. But one of the most important slides was when we looked at bad product that created the seven, eight, nine, ten 10 crisis versus today. So you literally see red bad product and it shows that decade long right. of bad product. Then starting in 2009, 10, the elimination of all that bad product. And now all you see is yeah. Good, solid, fundamental mortgage product for consumers yeah. and massive amounts of equity. And when you look at that, Nicole, what happens is you immediately say, oh, I can see why there was a problem and I can see how there is no problem today. Oh, of course. Well, even if you remind people, I mean, it's funny because I joke about it. Like my husband and I were still in college and we got a we got a mortgage. We didn't have a job. Like we did the interest only thing. Our, <laughs> our, our, mortgage, our mortgage was like three hundred dollars a month. We were like, this is awesome. Like it's cheaper yeah. than rent. Right. Like it, it, we we couldn't afford it. Like there. So it's so it's so very different. I mean, if you just kind of remind people of, you know, I, I'm, I'm certain Five out of ten of the people that were buying homes back then legitimately couldn't afford them, but they were still handing them out. So, yeah. well, speaking yeah. of mortgages, go to the link below and send your clients over to Tomo. Tom, right. Tomo are, are friends of yours. Yeah, it's a mortgage without losing your marbles. Yeah, they don't do any refis. Yes, are you aware of that? Okay, when I was first told, okay, so what's going to be mm -hmm. different about you? The first thing they said was, "We're not doing refis," and I literally said, "Yeah, hallelujah." because of the number of banking relationships and partnerships that I have that would like sponsor my events. And, oh, we got to be with Agents Ferry, introduce some more agents, then the refi market would hit and phew, they were all gone. They're gone. Yeah. They would vanish yeah. just like that. So if you, if you start saying, I am agent-centric first, I am consumer-centric first, and I'm not going to buy into the noise, there's a $2 trillion TAM in new mortgages every year. If there's enough there to just yeah. focus on doing something exceptionally well. Tomo's Which is closing why, though, yeah, yeah, that's and that's absolutely why, yeah, yeah. So they're fo they're focused on that one, yeah. you know, focus of bringing buyers to the closing table with a 100%. great mortgage. Try a great Tomo, a great experience, a great experience. So try Tomo, get your clients over to Tomo so that they will send you more referrals. Right. Racket number two: Biden administration targets housing supply shortage mm -hmm. with affordable housing plan. I have a feeling. Over the next, is that has is any of that yet to work? 
Uh, we haven't seen it. I mean, we've seen, you know, we've seen multiple variations. This is not a political thing. We've seen multiple variations of Republican or Democrat try the same thing. I'm yet to see any one of them work at scale, but man, does it entice a percentage of the population to say, I like that guy. Exactly. And this this is a Wall Street Journal article. There is a paywall, but. Well, the Inman had a paywall too, so both of these have a paywall. But we'll link it up if if you're subscribed. Yeah, there's a. There, I was able suit. to get a link through uh, WhiteHouse.gov, so Good. okay, you can link there you that go. In there too. Yeah, so yeah. you can find this information. The point of of bringing this up, mm-hmm. Tom, is that you're going to hear a lot of this over the next six months. Oh yeah, housing is unaffordable. True. Yep. Right. We need more affordable housing. We need to build True. a plan. Both sides of the aisle are going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. They probably won't follow through because it's a complicated issue after the fact, but, yes. but they're both going to talk about it. So on a national, state, and local level, how involved, informed should an agent be on these plans for their community? So how involved should they be or how informed should they be? Both. How involved and how informed? So I would make sure you read both sides of the aisle. I'd be paying attention to what everybody's talking about. And the thing I would argue for, if you look, go back to that millennial data, like we talked about, there's a, an interesting, um, let's just call it minor trend amongst millennials, which says they would go with any brand about 65% of the time that are aligned with them politically or in their beliefs. Mm-hmm. So, so one might hear that and say, oh my goodness, then I'm going to pick a side and I'm going to go with that one, probably picking your, you know, your political side. My challenge with that is, you know, I, I don't think for us in this, in this industry, it's about being political, right? Why polarize half the population? That's right. I think of some of the best agents on the planet and the, you know what they say? Like, look, Politics is your, that's your thing. My job is to help you find a house. My job is to be a fiduciary and be responsible to help you make a good decision to buy, to sell, to invest, et cetera. And they they keep politics out of it, right? To me, that's probably the more intelligent route. Um, I would argue right now, I would probably do that same thing. I'd be screenshotting both sides and saying, what do you guys think? Mm -hmm. And then I would probably go back if I was, if I was a real steward of real estate history, I would go back. 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years. And I would pick both sides of the aisle and I would just show, let's just look at a 20 year case study of Republicans said this 20 years ago, Dem said this 20 years ago, Republicans said this 15 years ago, Dem said, and I would just, I would just show them and say, and then let them, sorry, go ahead. No, no, say it. No, no, no. I was just saying, and then let them sort of Right. Obviously come up with their own internal sort of conversation. And that obviously is allowing you to sort of keep the, 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 the line of not crossing either. Right. right. And I know there's yeah. someone right now that is just a diehard, like fanatic for politics. Good on you. Yeah. Good yeah. on you. I am. You've heard me say this before. Made money under Clinton, made money under Bush, made money under Obama, made money under Trump. Like I just like, I think yeah. for entrepreneurs and business people, we just need to say to ourselves, I'm going to focus on my clients and, and not right. pay attention to the noise that doesn't matter. Cause those kind of headlines are only designed for one thing, click, and am I playing to my base, Yeah. right? And, and my argument is housing is too fundamentally important. There's too many fundamental issues in our country to get wrapped up on one or two and make that your stance that you go nuts over. My mentors would always say the same thing. You wanna solve problems, make your own bed. Clean your own house, take care of your own family, then take care of your street, then take care of your neighborhood, then figure out a way to like make a difference in your local community. 
but to try and fight this kind of national stuff to me is not so, worthwhile. So how can you make a difference in your local community as an agent? Because home ownership is shrinking. No doubt. Right. So one out of four buyers this year are investors. 30% of the Phoenix market is owned by investors. Yeah. Jackson, DJ said Jacksonville is yeah, the same thing. Same thing. Over 30% wow. as well. Yeah. So it's getting harder and harder for a first time home buyer, even if they have money, even if they are yep. qualified yep. to buy. So from an agent team brokerage perspective in your local market, what can you do to solve the affordability issue? Builders can't build for what is considered no. affordable no. in most markets. On a, I, I don't know the exact number, but I, I would be taking a stab at it. If you look at plexes, you look at uh, multi-unit, you know, hundred plex, you know, hundred plex buildings. Maybe, maybe it's time for us to relook at the way we did. And again, I can acknowledge they that talk about tiny homes in this Wall Street well, article. Tiny homes, but also turning all those apartment buildings into condo conversions. Mm -hmm. Now, somebody, somebody right now is going to say, "Oh my God, I remember that was happening in two thousand four, five, and six, yeah, and that was a problem." And I would say, no, the condo conversions weren't the problem the mortgage product mix right. was the problem, right? So so maybe it's that, because again, whether it's tiny homes, which I've got lots of friends that like in Oakland, we're doing that, in Seattle, we're doing that. But I think it's gonna be hard for any government, including ours, to try and mandate some kind of federal or state law that says, this is how housing has to be. Because of all these local rules. It right. talks about local zoning and land use regulations. If I'm an, uh, you know, an agent, I might want to report on the monthly minutes right. of what's going on in my town. We talked no about doubt. that with uh, the team recently, yep. Nicole. Yep. A great piece of content might be actually getting involved in the, yep. in the zoning meeting every single month. I love that. I also love on a tactical level, longtime client and friend, Jim Allen, who would take his entire marketplace and figure out what homes were zoned for two, but only had one mm. zoned for three and only had one. And he would literally map out the entire neighborhood and start marketing and mailing and doing because he knew if he took that one house, whether he bought it, which he does a lot of himself and then redevelop it, building two or three more, he's creating inventory for people. Yeah, and, and maybe on a micro level, that's something that every local agent could say, let me just look at my marketplace and figure out what's everything zoned for. And then can I be a force for good? In a, and, and the good news is that because you're helping so many people, you're also going to make a lot of money in the process. Yeah, I love that. All right, Marketeer of the Week, Tom. Yeah. It's your pick. Who's the Marketeer and why? Can I have two? Yeah, you can have two. Okay. First time for mm -hmm. two. Okay, there all right. So so quickly, the first one I would say would be big shout out to Lydia Gable, right? A Compass agent yeah. in the Conejo Valley in Los Angeles. Lydia is a lifetime marketer, got into real estate 15, 16 years ago, became a client within like, I don't know, months. And, you know, today runs a very Love successful Lydia. team. Um, she's a classic relationship-based geographic farmer, be the educator, be the voice in her marketplace. Just had her on my show and we were talking about listing attraction, what's working. And she goes, seller seminars. And I was like, hallelujah, seller seminars. Mm. It's just something that we talked about during pivot, during COVID, yeah. where we said, hey, look, you've got to be the educator. You have to be the one that's out taking the KCM data and other data points and being the educator in your marketplace. And why not do it on Zoom since we've been doing it since 2017 in our coaching relationship, yeah. right? So a lot of people turned the camera on themselves and started to do it. Well, Lydia said, hey, I was looking at my marketplace and I know kind of the demographics of the, the people that were selling in my community, a couple thousand houses. And she's like, 
I'm going to do wine and cheese and real estate market updates and education for potential sellers. So she started this back in January. She's doing two a month. She's like wow. eight to 10 people show up, Nicole, every single time. I said, is it the wine and cheese? She said, awesome. I don't care. Yeah, right? you don't, I don't care. care. Right? You because don't care. If you can get in front of eight to 10 potential sellers, these are people that she's doing direct mail to, they're in her geographic farm. She captures their new email address. So now she's got an email marketing campaign that's better. She's able to do Facebook ads to them and everything else to say top of mind. I'm like, how's yeah. it working? She's like, Tom, I'm getting eight to 10 sellers twice a month that raise their hand awesome. and yeah. sit with me for 30 or 45 minutes and I educate. Yeah. What I like right. about this- it's brilliant. What I like about this is you can create a lot of content around, you know, Here's what we have coming up in two weeks. Right. Here's the event. Right. And then after the event, chopping that up and creating bite-sized video pieces. Yep. And all of that content oh, yeah. is better than under contract static image. Yeah. Another just sold, another just yeah, sold static right. image yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. You know, if you want to avoid well, looking like 95% of the agents, stop doing yeah. static right. crap right. on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, what I love about it, though, too, is like, again, I think you always hear so much about these buyer seminars, yes. you know, and and even with new agents, they're like, how do I get in front of sellers? How do I get in front of sellers? And again, she just she just she splits like just swap the dialogue like right. let's do yeah, a right. sellers. I mean, right. why not? I mean, it's it's she so covers, simple yep. and makes sense. And But you're getting in front of the people that you really want to right now. Right. Yeah. And she yeah. literally, again, know thy audience, right? So if, if, you're, if your median age seller is 60 and they've been living there for 18 or 20 years, she's doing, you know, here's the market, here's what's happening yep. with pricing. You can go to howmoneywalks.com mm. and say- Love that you told me about Most this. of those people that are in our neighborhood are moving to, and they can point them yeah. in the direction based upon the data, right? Um, right. If you're in Canada, it's the big, it's Orion Shipping, right? I think it's the, is the big company up there to get the same exact data. So she's talking about where everybody's moving and then she goes right into case studies. So let me show you a, a recent property. Homeowner right here in our neighborhood calls us and said, we've been inside this house for 25 years. We want to sell, but we're not sure what to do, right? So we brought in our crew and we were able to organize the house, help them package it all up. We staged the property. We got them more money than like, but they're explaining the process. Of well, how they and you know what? And on top of that, season. though, I think you would almost want to have the face in there. Here's the stager. So you can actually right. build trust with that person that's right. going to be touching Smart. your belongings and packing up your things that you've had out on the shelves for 25 years. Because yes. that's always the biggest problem with the, the individuals that have been there so long is who's going to be touching my things? Right. Do, like, I don't right. know that I trust them. So having them be in front of them for those events will be huge too. I you, agree. You have another one? I got one more. All right. We got time? Quick. Okay, this one's a bomb. So uh, shout out to the entire growth mastermind I was just with last week on Thursday and Friday. Um, we talked about mega open houses and how mega open houses are back. So for people listening, if you don't know mega open house, you can go to my YouTube channel or I'm sure you've done something on this as well where you're throwing an event for the neighbors. This is not for the public. This is for the neighbors from 1130 to one o'clock. You're going to provide lunch or you know appropriate to your marketplace, your price point, mm -hmm. et cetera. But here's the key, seven days before, you're doing direct mail, right? You're running some banner ads, you're knocking on doors and you're inviting knocking people, on knocking doors. on doors to personally mm -hmm. invite people to your brand new listing at 1234 Banana Street. We're having lunch at the property. We would love for you to join. Here's the cool thing now. And when they walk up on the door is a giant QR code that says, please register here. And 90% of the world grabs their iPhone, hits the QR code, auto-populates name, cell phone, email, and then the smart ones are saying, answer two questions. Do you live in the neighborhood? 
right? You know, would you like to know an updated valuation on your home? Yes, yes. And they can't get in the open house without wow. hitting the QR code. So super hot little marketing tip. Obviously at, it's all about meeting, greeting, connecting, being the local, you know, the local expert. And then post, we all know the same thing. It's that personal bomb bomb video. Hey, Nicole, thanks so much for coming by my open house. I'd love to reach out and have a conversation in the next few days. Uh, and I'll let you know once the property goes under contract, blah, blah, blah. That little formula with the QR code, the QR code is key now, right? Cause yeah, we're all huge. accustomed to it at your open house. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, you know, they've got some things around the house. I want to make sure everybody registers. It's just the way we do it. Just right? the way we do it. Th those two Very little things, script. right? Easy way for you to generate some more seller opportunity. And most that are doing mega open houses now are talking about 20 to 40 people inside each one of those. Neighbors, potential homeowners, yep. your next seller, not just another buyer. This one was action-packed. You may want to go back, at least on this third segment, the two marketeer tips, yep. and just re-listen to those two. In the comments, are you doing seminars? in your local market, yep. what type of seminars are you doing in the office right now? And are you doing mega open houses? What wrinkles do you have that you're doing that's working in your market? Love to hear from you. Try, send your clients over to Tomo. They're only focused on purchases, not refis. Right. So give them a try. Make sure if you're not following Tom, I'm flabbergasted and shocked. But if you're not going follow hashtag Tom flabbergasted, flabbergasted. Yes. Make sure yes. you're sub to the best YouTube channel in real estate. TF. Appreciate, Appreciate it, you, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Nicole. Great to see you. Thank you. Good seeing you. Keep it real.